On visual, you recognize it as not a ship, but a living thing. Oh my goodness. Is it an astral dreadnought? Space whale. It's a leviathan. You recognize this as a void dragon. Ooh. Oh god. Oh, wait. You can see that the escape pods will fit medium-sized creatures, and Kritka says, Uh, Captain? Oh no. The dragon is gaining fast, and the gep is leaking flames and inky smoke. Rush, and you're shot from the ship, and you, oh. you see dwindling behind you rapidly. Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us in our space adventure. I'm John, and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Tom. I play Lycos 9, the android Solarian. I'm Jessica, and I play Noemi Domash, the Lashinta Technomancer, and captain of the former, probably, Gep. <laughs> I'm Lisa. I'm playing Kerr Sylvanan, a Vesk soldier. And Brent playing Sparks, the Yosoki mechanic, will not be joining us today due to unfortunate scheduling reasons, but that's okay because the drop pods flying down towards the tropical continent of Risk are scattered. So perhaps we'll need to find him before we can re- he can rejoin the crew. With the Gep crippled by the Void Dragon, all of you jumped into escape pods and are currently plummeting down towards the surface of the planet Risk, towards the more tropical of its two continents where you have discovered previously a distress beacon being broadcast from. Sparks was the first to launch from the ship, followed in a little while by Sparks and Noemi, almost, not excuse me, followed very shortly by Spark. Nope, I almost did it again. <laughs> still not Sparks. No, still not Sparks. Sparks, Noemi, Kerr, yes. uh, Lycos. And there was, it was Sparks, Gap, Noemi, then Kerr, and then... Yeah, those two launched almost, almost at the same time. Uh, I think Lycos had a pause because he said something final to Kritka. Yes. Uh, With Kritka, unfortunately, too large to fit into the medium-sized person escape pod, she opted to take her chances in the get and hopefully try to either lure the Void Dragon away from you all or make it to the planet's surface safely. And a reminder, if you want to react to it, the last time you saw Lycos, he essentially, like, football-checked you into an escape pod, so I don't know if you have feelings about that, but... (laughs) All right, you're currently... Bouncing through atmosphere, the escape pods are kind of like little missiles. They're basically just shooting through the planet's atmosphere, and it's not a easy ride. Uh, everyone, please go ahead and make constitution saving throws, please. Fortitude? That's the one, fortitude. 21. I got what you meant. 7. 21. All hey. right. What do you mean, hey? So you can't let me have one? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted me to do badly? I see. No, no, no. Not, just not equal me. Do better, do worse, just... Two words, but it would have been 20 still. One of us has to change, basically, right? It's always got to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just all stole our numbers from Noemi. Yep. Yeah. Poor Captain. All right. So it takes a few minutes to make landfall. Uh, Noemi, you unfortunately pass out in the interim, but are rudely awoken by impact. Kerr and Lycos, uh, each of you take eight points of damage. Uh, Wait, we wanted to fail that? Noemi takes 16. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I should not have jumped to conclusion. That's quite all right. Does that count as... Uh, it counts as damage for the purpose of your ring. Oof. That takes me, like, down my stamina by half. Oh. <laughs> so as Noemi comes to, which you do shortly after kind of jarred awake by the impact of landing, you all see something pretty similar. Through the small view hatch in the escape pod, you can see a lush and verdant sort of tropical landscape in front of you. Enormous trees 
snake wildly towards the purplish sky where thick blue-gray clouds wait overhead. Atmospheric sensors on the inside of the door tell you that there is a safe environment, although the atmosphere is a little bit thicker than what you're used to. So while it's breathable for all of you um, that who need to breathe, that is. Uh, I'm ask if that mattered or not. It doesn't matter to you. Avoid. Those who need to breathe, it'll be a somewhat uncomfortable experience. Uh, you do have atmospheric regulators in your uh, spacesuits, but that's only going to be a temporary measure. However, the environment itself is not inherently fatal to you. And uh, temperature-wise? Temperature-wise, it's on the warm side, uh, probably about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, I don't know the centigrade calculations off the top of my head. It's space where you... <laughs> American. <laughs> I'm like, you can um, Google that, like, in an instant. <laughs> yeah, well, no phones at the table is my rule. You know this. Uh, <laughs> Look at us all follow it. I was going to say, we all disobey that one. Sorry. <laughs> I do think we're usually pretty good about disobeying it when we're off screen. Usually. Is it pretty good? Not perfect. <laughs> Sorry. Just, I actually don't care what the... I think we do have, we do have some international <laughs> listeners. They can Google it themselves if they need to. Aw, you were all about inclusion and... Yeah. I'm also about running a game without oh. <laughs> paying attention to it. We're paying attention. Look, we're interested it's in... 32 degrees Celsius. Thank you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> So mad right now because I lost my place. So, uh, <laughs> Noemi, you died. Your pot exploded on impact. You hear the sudden ticking. <laughs> uh, Noemi and Kerr, you landed fairly close to each other. Uh, Kerr, you can actually see Noemi's crash pod from your window. Uh, your is just not facing the right direction. Uh, you didn't see, however, where either of your companions landed. Uh, there was a bit of this kind of scatter shot as you were escaping. We do have some sort of communication, though, yes? You do have comms, but you know without a planetary relay or a ship to boost them, they will be short range only. Okay. Um, and you're not sure what that range is, how available that range is there. Do our escape pods have any equipment like flares or anything like that? Survival equipment, water, rations, anything like that? Ooh, that's actually an excellent point. So I'd like you all to take a moment here and take a hard look at your character sheet and think what of that stuff would you have had on you when you load it into the escape pod. And then please erase everything else. Erase? Yes. So much for the gap. <laughs> Unless I need to erase anyway. <laughs> You're like, I haven't had that in I, I totally saw those chain blades. <laughs> so I'm leaving this up to you so that it won't be too crippling, but do be honest with yourself and with me as far as what you uh what you would or wouldn't have brought with you. Well, I think I can make a pretty good argument that the Starstone Compass would have been with me at the pilot seat, and he probably would have taken that with him, knowing the ship was going to be probably destroyed soon. I mean, Kritka was going to need it for what she was doing. And he's pretty attached to it. Mm -hmm. Can't make a good argument for the tent. Tent? You carry a tent around? It's not my equipment no. log. Yeah, it's I been useful. I was going to say, I definitely need to go through my equipment, like my long list that I had in the beginning. So, like, some of it, like, spacesuit, I'm wearing that. Yeah. Flashlight, I may have that, probably. I probably have flashy. Well, flashy. <laughs> I think the part of the debate, at least for me, would come down to most of what I actually have would fit fits in his backpack. And it would be 
would the backpack have been near him or would I have potentially diverted to grab it? I mean, I know for me, like, if there was a school evacuation, I typically always grab my bag because I like what was in it. Yeah. And if we're evacuating the ship and I know there's things like some rations and med packs, like, even in that moment, like, I mean, the ship's not huge. It's not like I'm running the other side of a capital ship to get it. Mm-hmm. And that, like, Kerr is always outfitted. Like, she oh, yeah. she showed up to the interview fully armed. Like, it's not, please continue sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, love I, that. I, I have my doubts that I probably would have kept the backpack near me, but... I could see him grab me. Like, he probably wouldn't have grabbed the, had time to grab the tent. Because it's probably not constantly strapped to his bag. Right. But some of the things, like, A, some of it's built into him. Like, his quick release sheath is a part of him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, too, like, my everyday clothes kind of thing Fair that enough. I wrote down are probably not even on the ship. Yeah, I was going to say, some of it's probably at home. But yeah, I probably don't have my fire extinguisher. You had a fire extinguisher? Yes, I did. Not anymore. Hygiene kit. Hmm. Yeah, I probably just have my spacesuit. I'm guessing that's probably in your bunk. I'm guessing that's gone. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, I probably wouldn't have that stashed in my backpack. I wouldn't carry around like. Are you okay with the logic that knowing that I'm evacuating the ship, I may have like swung in to grab my bag since it's not a huge ship? Yeah, that's why I'm leaving this up to you guys. I know, and I'm just I'm asking. I had a tent. If if it wouldn't have fit in the bag, I'm like I'm not I'm I'm willing to erase that out because I could see him grabbing that, knowing there's shit in there. But these are my. I'm trying to think. My professional clothes, I probably would have left at home. Because so, like like that, I would have worn those to the office. If we're going on a mission, I'm not gonna bring mm. everyday clothes. My formal clothes. Yeah, I think I'd agree. The everyday clothes aren't on hand either. My, I would have my travel clothes though. So or I'm gonna say I mean, you might you might have everyday clothes to wear around the ship while you're walking because you wouldn't need hardy clothes. Right. Maybe I'm still gonna say I don't have it. So I'm gonna say I do have my flashlight, my personal comm unit, my spacesuit, obviously. Well, you you wouldn't wear your you wouldn't need your spacesuit and your armor and your spacesuit. Oh, would so really... I'm, just, I'm I have my armor then, so no spacesuit. I wrote something in note. I don't remember what the note means now. <laughs> it says R two E times five. I have that too. Oh, then that must be some kind of item then. R two E. I have R two E times ten. Page two thirty three. I have R two E times six. What the hell is this? Those are... Oh, the rations. They're good rations, right? They're like better rations. Yes. Oh, ready to eat. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> so each of the life pods comes with seven days worth of food and survival material. So food and water for seven days. Okay. They also have like environmental seals. So if you were just in space, you could live in seven days for seven days in the pod. I guess you could live for seven days in the pod on the planet, but you wouldn't really be going anywhere. <laughs> and we'd know you're living in a missile for a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, I, I lost a few things, but most of it would have been in his bag anyway. So I guess it depends on how many rations would he have been able to carry. That's like I'm sure I had like some stuff on me, but it's mostly weapons and armor and sort of combat-y kind of stuff. I lost most of everything else. So you probably wouldn't have had both of your heavy weapons. <gasps> That's a good point. Oh, I need You picked one. up that laser cannon from the the wreck? The artillery laser? Yes. I have my Doshko. Dude, I would... There's I no, have my Doshko. There's no doubt about it. Yes, that one wasn't even for consideration. It was basically, do you still have your reaction cannon? <sighs> no, he's got a good point. For being in the middle of that fight, you wouldn't have been armed to the teeth. Maybe she would have been. <laughs> I, said, I, I, I can make an argument that the only wep- other weapon besides my solar one is my hand cannon. And considering how much he's paid for that, 
it's either strapped to him or on his bag, so or in the quick release sheath. Yes. Also, even with your prodigious strength cur, it'd be unlikely you'd have both heavy weapons on you at any given time. Probably true. So I'd, I'd probably have the more recent one on me, the artillery laser. The new shiny. Oh, the new shiny, but reaction cannon. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't actually dragon. have a lot of stuff. I sold off a lot of my extraneous stuff to try to fund that hand cannon. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have had like a long sword, arc pistols, chainsaw blades. And I suppose it makes sense with your having the laser weapon. It doesn't really lend itself necessarily to... Uh, you're yeah. kind of like that monk in traditional D&D. Yeah. So we're going to spotlight on Kerr and Noemi first, as you guys have dropped relatively together. You can see the forest around you seems to be teeming with life. You can see avians and little critters crawling all over the flora in front of you. You don't see any large fauna right now, um, but there is no shortage of smaller organisms. Think about earth rodent size, like kind of rat or smaller, and they're climbing in trees, jumping around, crawling along their dirt. Uh, There seems to be like arthropods, little bugs and insects of various stripes. The fauna you can see tends to sort of lean towards a little bit of reptilian construction. You don't see a lot of fur or kind of sleek, oozy, like a salamander's kind of skin. What do you do? I'm going to pop open the the door to my pod, collect any supplies I need, and then head to the captain's pod. Okay. The pod doors blow open and clatter amongst the landing area, essentially. The retro rockets have burned a small circle of vegetation, and where your pod crashed down, you can see like a small skylight cut through the canopy. Uh, Overall, it's pretty dim, despite the bright violet sky above you. Uh, You're immediately just accosted by the smell of this place. Uh, It's it's verdant, it's rich, it's heavy, it's, think like, uh, you you didn't get this from the sensors, but it's probably about 90% humidity. Uh, so it's just like sticky here. And while it's, you have like a combination of molts, but there's also like a, an acrid smell that kind of stings your nostrils a bit. It's not unbreathable, but it's not that comfortable to breathe. You have like this kind of burning sensation in the back of your throat as you're kind of getting acclimated here. Uh, and then make a willpower save. Actually, don't worry about that. Natural 20. <laughs> Oh. Total of 24. Okay, noted. Willpower. Unless it was against fear, and then it would be 26. Yeah. Okay. It was a natural 20, so it just made. Yes. <laughs> All right, so you make your way over to the captain. Uh, go ahead and then no check required. It's, it's kind of difficult terrain, but you're able to soldier through it. She's cur. Through what? Oh, difficult terrain. Oh, terrain. Yes. I didn't hear that word for some reason. No worries. What did you hear? I, I blocked it out of my brain. <laughs> I got you, Captain. All right. So I'm in my pod. I'm gathering my wits, and I'm probably uh, just taking this all in. But yeah, I'll probably, I guess, I assume I see Kerr coming. Yeah, she kind of, she's coming from not in front of you. So suddenly, best face. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll open my pod, um, trying to prepare myself for what the readouts are telling me. Okay. Yeah, the curse you step back as the pod door blows out, and then oh, violent doesn't just open. No. Okay. Uh, and you're basically accosted by the same atmospheric things that I mentioned. It does remind you of home a little bit. There are parts of Castroville that have the same sort of tropical biome on them, but there's this alienness to it, and the like the acidity in the air is 
is uncomfortable for you as well. Yeah, I'll probably cough and try to wheeze my way out, gather up my belongings. I definitely have my knife. I would have left that on me, and I definitely have my sonic pistol. I'll prepare for... Because obviously we've made an entrance, so I'll be on the lookout for if anything tries to approach us in the forest. Both of your drop pods have beacons that can be activated to give a distress signal. Are they currently active? I think we should... I'll talk with Kerr about it because I don't think... I I think we probably should activate at least one of our distress beacons Mm -hmm. because otherwise no one will know we're here and a void dragon isn't going to detect us. The only thing I would caution against that is the pirates, but even if we're found by pirates, that's at least like if they have a ship. Yeah. (laughs) It might still be an advantage even if it's not immediately an advantage. So yes, we'll turn on the distress beacons. Okay, sounds good. Both or just one? We can turn on both. We're close enough to each other. We should just do one. Because then, then that way, if we're accosted by pirates, if they only catch one of us, like they might not know there's two of us. There we go. Just turning on hers then. Her, All right. her pods, because we're right there. Gotcha. All right, Distress Beacon activated. What's the plan next? Um, I'm going to try using my comm to see if I can... Um, I'll try speaking out to see if I can get Lyco's 9 and see if he's close enough. I'll be scanning the immediate surroundings. Okay. Uh, Lycos 9, you hear a bit of staticky chatter over your comm. It seems that there is something interfering with the signal or you're just far enough away where it's not coming in very well. Uh, but you detect Noemi's voice, uh, if not the full meaning of her, uh, what she's saying. Do we see any landmarks or anything like that? I'm to ask, do I know it's her voice because it's nagging? Oh. <laughs> Me. Is she condescending? <laughs> Is she condescending? I mean... Did she say something about bad, bad about androids? <laughs> Just something totally tone deaf? <laughs> <laughs> Was it kind of racist? <laughs> All right. As far as looking around, Kerr, uh, make a perception check for me. 11. It's tough to see through the thick forest and the canopy. If you got a higher vantage point, you might be able to assess the situation better. Do we see any immediate landmarks or landforms, anything like that? Mountains, trees, a tower? No, you can only get it. You only have about a maybe 70 foot kind of visual radius around because of the thick trees and canopy. Is it mostly flat? Are we on a You're slope? on a slight grade. Slight grade. Kurt, did you see at all where Lycos's pod landed? No. Okay. Well, if, we should probably head up uphill. Agreed. If we don't hear anything from Lycos, we can at least maybe climb a tree or make a signal or something. Maybe break through the tree line as we get higher. Yeah. All right. True. We're headed up then. Okay. Are Carefully. You, like up a tree or up the hill? Up the hill. Up the hill. We're going to try to hit the, see if we can hit a tree line. Basically okay. a point where the trees don't grow mm-hmm. and see if we can get a better vantage. Make a physical sciences or life sciences check. I have neither of those trained. 17 for life sciences. I have survival. Based on the topology that you saw from orbit, you might be hard-pressed to find a, a mountain of that scale, oh, okay. or at least one that you'd be able to scale within a matter of days. Okay. Do any of the trees look climbable? Almost all the trees look climbable. They're okay. very windy and very like vine-coated. 
How are your uh, athletic skills? Pretty good, actually. I'll right. start climbing a tree. All right. Make an athletics check for me. 19. All right. Uh, it's pretty effortless. Your sharp claws giving you strong purchase as you make your way up. I will keep glancing down at the captain make sure she's okay. All right. Make a perception check for me, if you please, while you're on your way up. 17. All right. About halfway up, a what you thought was a vine uh, lashes out at you as you go to grab it to find a, a route of ascent. It wraps around your arm. And make a opposed strength check for me, please. How do I do an opposed strength check? So you roll your strength. You roll d20, add your strength modifier. You're just opposing the roll he made. Ah. You did not do well. No. Ten. You are ripped from the tree and are now being basically dangled by the vine. Can uh, I scratch it? Make an unarmed attack? Well, there's a thing called an assassin vine. Uh, so it's wrapped around your arm and you can feel it sort of trying to worm its way into cracks in your armor. Mm-mm. How would you like to escape? You're currently dangling about 20 feet in the air. I'm going to definitely unarmed attack. Movement. Okay. Can a I lot, do that? Actually. Mm-hmm. That's my, would that be considered a melee attack? Yeah. yeah. What's she trying to do? I, w- I was trying to figure out my base attack bonus. Is it melee? Yeah, it'd be yeah. a melee attack with your unarmed. Okay, uh, 15. Hanging like you are, it's hard to get a good angle of attack. Uh, you slash at it and sort of scratch it, but it remains resilient. Can I reach any branches nearby? It finds a crack in your armor about your elbow and begins crushing your forearm as it worms its way through the armored plates. You can try to... Right now you're sort of free hanging by one hand. You can try to swing or like reach up and grab it or take another swipe at it. Can I reach any branches from where I am? Not presently. Uh, Noemi, what do you do, by the way? Um, well, I see her. I, I assume from my vantage point it just looks like she's slipped and like is hanging from a vine. Make a perception check, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'll yell out for her, like, are you okay? Do you need any help? Keep your eye out for some vines. They seem to be antagonistic. Okay. <laughs> so, um... Can I reach my dashko? Yes, but you couldn't really swing it effectively Dang. with one hand. I'm going to try another un- unarmed attack. I want this thing off me. Okay. Ooh, 26. All right, that'll hit. Roll some damage. Yay. Yay. Fifteen. Fuck you, Vine. <laughs> Suck it. All right, you can make an acrobatics check to try to arrest your fall as you plummet. Twelve. All right, not good enough. You land uh, pretty hard. Fine. Ouchies. Well, oh. I'm not getting crushed by a vine anymore, so... Yay. Only three points of damage. Ah, I'm so. nimble. That's hardy more than... <laughs> well, shh. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I say <laughs> three points of damage. Was it far enough for there to be a cursed-sized crater? Superhero landing. It's a pretty soft ground, um, with what with the moisture and all, and the fecundity of the earth. So there is a bit of a divot, but not a crater. You're having fun with words today. Oh yeah, I'm having a good time. All right, Kerr. Um, what's the vine doing? The vine is severed. The portion that was still wrapped around you is kind of writhing wildly, and there seems to be like a a, a thick ooze kind of leaking out the back end of it. Uh, the front end still seems to be trying to wind its way into your armor. I'm going to rip that out. Okay. Yeah, no check required. You grab it and Get tear it off. away. All right, so maybe climbing the trees here isn't the best idea. At least not that tree. Do we see any trees that don't have vines? <laughs> I was going to say, how far up can we see? Like, is it a big vine? Is it just one little thing? Is it like the entire canopy is this crap or what? 
it's there are a number of different types of vines and creepers that wind around these trees. That one looks much like the other ones around it, That a few of which you actually grabbed and didn't grab back. Either it's a sort of predatory plant or it's an animal that sort of looks like a plant. No further movement up in the trees beyond the... Oh, there's bit. tons of movement. There's all kinds of little avians and crawlers, uh, some snake-like things slithering around. The environment around you is rife with life. And I meant the vine, though. Like You don't see any more There's not suddenly these. a giant vine monster descending upon us or anything like that. That's right. Okay. And does any of the life seem to be intelligent, or is it all... It all appears to be animalistic. Okay. Some of it's regarding you. Some of it's kind of just doing its own thing. Uh, you see a little leathery avian take off and scoop a some sort of crawling thing off the a nearby branch and fly into the canopy somewhere. Hmm. The, the air around you is just noise. You can hear whirring and chirping and leaves rustling and all kinds of hoots and hollers of just abundant life all around. Should we try a different tree? I would almost think the same tree, because now that we've... We know where it is now. <laughs> we've uh, bettered our foe. Do you want to give it another try? Sure. Same tree, but now I'm keeping an eye out for vines. Okay. Especially that vine. Sounds good. Make another athletics check to climb. Maybe this time. Oh, oh no. Uh, it's still a nine. But it's a one. Okay. Yeah, you're not, you don't manage to really get any purchase. Um, you, like, it looks like the goop that's on your claw is kind of slicking you up a little bit, but you don't take any damage or anything like that. You can try again. You just look sort of silly as you're attempting. <laughs> that's okay. I'm all right with silly. Uh, athletics, yeah? Yes. Uh, 19. No, 17. I can add. <laughs> all right. That's going to be good enough. You make it about halfway up the tree. You're not accosted by the vine again, although you can see a like trail of teal fluid on the like wrapped around the branch where it seems to have retreated elsewhere. I'll keep trying Lycos to see how high I have to get in order to get into contact with him. So Lycos 9, you now hear sort of a patchy response from Kerr. You can make out about every other word or so. All right. Enough that you can probably communicate, although probably not great. I mean, I, I try to respond, but obviously I'm not getting any kind of sense of what their message is. So it's more going to be, hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello. So, Kurt, you do hear back some response from Lycos 9, but it's clipped and cutting out. Can I do any kind of computer check to figure out what direction? Can I, yeah, can I boost anything or anything? Like, I have technomancy stuff. <laughs> do you have any magical means of doing it, or would it just be a matter of straight engineering? Yeah, it would just have to be um, some sort of engineering check to try to boost our signal. Could I boost my signal using the uh, homing beacon thing? Yeah, you can try. Uh, engineering would be the appropriate check there. <laughs> I am untrained, so uh, it'd be mostly me disassembling my body <laughs> going, I don't speak Latin! With a bit more height, you might be able to clear the canopy, which may help with perception. I'll keep going and keep trying. All right, make another athletics check to clear the rest of the distance. Feel me now. And I'll also keep checking down down on the captain to make sure she's not being accosted by wildlife or something. Again, a one. You're a bad dice. Ooh, the captain is just fine. I'm going to fall just down. fine. I'm going to do a comedy of errors, hit every branch on the way down. Kurt, I'm going to need a reflex saving throw from you as I'm you just, begin to plummet from this tree. I'm really hoping this is not an ugly Ooh. tree. Mm. <gasps> oh, my God. I <laughs> another one. 
I'm having a bad day. Poor Kerr. Oh, no. That's a that's a critical fail. All right. You can do an wow. acrobatics check to try to soften I now your landing hear the, a little. The Benny Hill theme running through my head. <laughs> Yakety sax. Yeah. Switching dice. John, you should totally play Yakety Sax during this part. What was it, a fort save? Uh, a, a acrobatics check. Acrobatics check. That's slightly better, though. That's not awful. That's 22. 22. All right, you are able to reduce some of the damage as you Ouch. hit the ground. Along the way, you hear a, a squeal from something as you snap off one of the branches. Sorry. And there's a sickening crunch as oh. Kerr hits the ground and some small thing hits the ground right beneath her. Oh, no. I killed uh, a squirrel or a lizard. Uh, Kerr, you're going to suffer 11 points of regular damage and one point of non-lethal damage uh, from your impact. How much lethal damage did the small creature take? Uh, all of it. <laughs> all <laughs> it's, we ele- so it's just 12 points of damage? or 12 points total, one point of which is non-lethal. How do I do that, though? If you... Is it if you're going to hit points, it wouldn't... Or, like... So if your hit points drop... Like, your non-lethal counts up when your hit points count down. And if you have more non-lethal damage on you than you have hit points, you fall unconscious. How do I record it? Is that just what write it down next so that you have a point of non-lethal or whatever, how many, however much non-lethal you have. Yeah, like NL1 or something to that effect. You're as useless as a shoe shop in the Shire. Say that three times fast. <laughs> That's pretty good. I thought you'd appreciate that one. All right, you've lost all calm communication with Lycos 9 again. You're not, you're not having a great day there, No, Kerr. I'm not. Sorry. I'm going to get up and see what kind of animal I landed on. It's sort of nondescript now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spoochy plat- <laughs> patch. Um, but it is... I'm going to scrape off the remaining. Okay. Um, make a fortitude saving throw as you do so. What? 16. Okay. Whatever it was that you smushed was very toxic. You feel like a, a wave of nausea sort of wash over you, but it... It quickly clears. Don't touch that, Captain. Uh, aye, aye. <laughs> so we have no idea what direction he is, but we were—we are close enough that we hear him. Mm-hmm. So does that give me a sense of the distance he is away? Make engineering or computers, please. I should get trained in one of those eventually. I rolled a one. All right. We're just bad at this. No, unfortunately, you haven't really been on a non-industrialized planet forever, more or less. So you don't really have a good idea. I'm going to climb the tree again. Can I try to make an engineering check to try to boost our signal? Yeah, please do. Okay. That is a 26. All right. By basically cannibalizing Kerr's comm, you can boost the signal on yours and likely establish communications. Okay. So that is what I will do. Sorry, Kerr. No, it's fine. All right. With the signal booster, you have a clear line to Lycos 9. Lycos, can you hear me? I can now. Oh, do you have any idea where you are? Can I see from where I'm at? Basically, you see, you see like twisting wood and foliage. Uh, your pod seems to be jammed within the trees. I appear to be stuck in a tree. Well, that's not good. Um... No, and I can't open the door, which is even worse. I thought it violently opened. Couldn't you do that? You've, I assume, yes, I assume you've obviously tried to eject the exit. Based on what I've been told, I'm assuming the same thing. All right. Can you see anything? Any identifying anything? Can you... Foliage, leaves, oh, yeah, he can't hear trees. You. Oh. Well, you guys, you're like on speaker. You can yeah, be on speaker. Yeah, I'm speaker. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Point of question then. Is there like a homing beacon that we can use to track him down? 
Yes, if he activates his distress signal, then you can we can track him. Use that to find him. Okay. While they're figuring this out, turn uh, that on. <laughs> while they're in the process of figuring that, before they say anything, Lycos tries to see if he can rock his pod to see if he can make the tree shaking visible. Oh God! I'm aware of the possible downfalls. <laughs> He's trying to do something. Yes, uh, I guess make a athletics check. Not great. Um, fifth, uh, fourteen. What's that look like for you? How are you? <laughs> I mean, he's basically throwing his weight from side to side inside the pod, trying to just, you know, like get it moving because the tree's got to have, well, this is like a really thick redwood or something. I mean, it's potentially going to move. All right. Yeah. So he's just kind of like violently throwing himself from side to side in, in the pod. You jostle yourself around. Your shoulders are a little sore afterwards, but the tree, you don't detect any gross movement from the tree. There may have been some subtle shimmying, but... It's tough to tell from inside. You certainly did not dislodge your pod. Lycos. I knew that was a possibility. It wasn't the goal. (laughs) Lycos, activate your distress beacon and we can track you from there. Do I know how to do that? Oh, yeah. It's just a button. Okay. (laughs) It says distress beacon. (laughs) Is it a big red one? I suppose it's actually more of a switch, but it's it's clearly marked. (laughs) I went through with a label maker on day one. (laughs) Sounds like something no one would do. <laughs> I activate the distress beacon. Also, you're a pilot. You know how ships work. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can drive a car. Do you know how a car works? Beyond a theoretical Basic level. principles. I know how to turn the emergency mm. lights on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, that, put on your flashers. <laughs> sometimes they hide them on you. You're in a red car every now and then. You gotta, right, yeah. and you have to kind of hunt for it, and it's a weird it's spot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to being the escape pod, okay? If all I had right, to turn the right. emergency beacon on from the my main console, I'll be fine. <laughs> we figured it out. We're coming for you. So it looks like he's about a half mile northeast. All right. So I'll gather up everything we need. I'll talk her to do the same. And um, we should probably head in that general direction. I will keep an eye out for aggressive. Make a survival check, please, to navigate the planet. Yay! Not 20. Total of 25. Excellent. I am very wary now that a vine has attacked me and I have now killed, landed on something that was to- toxic? What yep. Was it? Yes. Toxic. So I am very, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypervigilant. Mm. I am being hy- hypervigilant in my trek. All right. While I'm waiting, at some point I'm at least going to try to stab out the door with my uh, spear. Okay. We didn't tell him not to do anything. <laughs> it would be useless anyway, so whatever. I'm not a child. <laughs> <laughs> God. So you are unfortunately stymied by the makeup of the shuttle. Uh, it's designed to withstand light starship fire and re-entry. And unfortunately, your spear, though dangerous, is not up to those levels of punishment. <laughs> no condescending behavior here, none. It's the second time somebody's made a comment like that to me today. The, the, the almost backhanded one compliment. <laughs> uh. I just didn't want to make you feel bad. Like, oh, your weak-ass spear can't possibly... <laughs> It can't possibly penetrate this uh, super tough landing pod. No, it's just not really designed for this sort of application. Oh, I figured. I'm just... he He's trying to do stuff. It, he's it, not it, the type to sit and wait to be rescued. I mean, he's fairly certain firing the gun off in here is a bad idea. But if he gets stuck in here long enough... <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, he starts running out of supplies and or... I guess he doesn't need air, but... He's running out of supplies and he might, you know become desperate but. well we'll let you know we're on the way i was gonna say we'll check in no, no, with no. you to keep but like you if you guys have never established oh, contact yeah. and john's like well you've been in the pod for like a week uh at that point you might be like well <laughs> desperate times fuck all for desperate measures yeah okay so 
Wait, did you say desperate times fuck all for desperate measures? <laughs> no, desperate times call, call for, for desperate measures. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why would I just throw a random F-bomb in there? I don't know. There's got to be one. I already used the one for this episode. <laughs> got to be two. <laughs> just got to slip it in. Who is the worst offender for F-bombs? Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> she's only in three episodes and thinks she still has the... <laughs> the record. Oh god, it's gonna get worse. Oh, man. We're never gonna be able to close that gap, are we? <laughs> um, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack that. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> We're having fun here. It's important we have fun here in the podcast part. Serious business. It's Brent's fault. <laughs> He's not here. Let's blame him. <laughs> all right. Tonight's episode of shitting on your friends. <laughs> hey, we've been better about that. We have been better. Hey, we yeah, edit that so part much. out. <laughs> All right, it takes about 45 minutes or so to get over to Lycos 9's pod. Uh, as you're approaching, you can see a thick mist wafting over from the southeast. Uh, it looks like it's heading in your direction, and it has sort of a bile yellowy color to it can as I... it sweeps through the trees. What's okay, up? can I do some sort of uh, like a physical science check on it to see, like, does this seem dangerous? Like, it could be some sort of, like, sulfur cloud or... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. 24. Yes. It does seem either toxic or possibly poisonous. Okay. Um, do... And it is coming towards us. Do I have a it's, gu- guesstimation as when it, it'll arrive? Yeah. It looks like it's probably about an hour away or something. Okay. It's As you get glimpses between the trees or uh, crest a small berm, you can, get, you can see a little bit further um, and notice this kind of wall of sickly mist coming towards you in the in the middle of distance. Uh, you also notice something else. A dark shape leaving a smoky contrail that uh, seems to be plummeting from the sky. Uh, it's dropping east of your position. Does it appear to be gap-shaped? <laughs> it's tough to tell from this distance. <laughs> Safe bet, though. And what direction was it again? I'm sorry. It's falling to the east. Where was the smoke coming from? The smoke's coming from the southeast, and this is falling in, like, east to the eastern horizon, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let uh, Kerr know that, that this yellow cloud is coming towards us. We have about an hour to try to get Lycos 9 out of here and get out. Um, otherwise, it'd probably be best to leave him in the pod. He'd probably be safest in there, mm-hmm. and we can look for sparks. Sounds good. Let's get to Lycos then. All right, and I'll relay this to Lycos as well, that we have about an hour to try to get you out. Why do we know the cloud is dangerous? Wasn't uh, part of that conversation. Oh, uh, just from my observations and my this planet knowledge. sucks. Yes, <laughs> my knowledge. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. My innate. Knowledge. I'm assuming too, like small animals are fleeing from it, and yeah, you okay. can see avians taking off, and it's yeah, dangerous, bad, yellow gas cloud, not good. It's not corrosive, is it? I don't know at this distance. I'm guessing. Yeah, you can't see into its midst. Uh, you can only see the edge of the mist. Just get me out of the pod. How close are we to Lycos? You're currently about probably 10, 15 minutes. All right, we're, let's get there. Right, we're on our way. You make it there in you heel toe double time. You get there, you have to fight amongst the shrubbery, and you're making such a ruckus going fast that little animals are scattering uh, out of your way. When you get to Lycos 9's position, you can see he's stuck in a, between a pair of particularly thick trees about 20 feet up. 
Uh, you also see a pair of creatures maneuvering towards the pod as you are as you kind of crest into the the wake of its fall. Define creatures. Uh, give me a second to look, oh, okay. figure out what we're gonna be facing here. Might be happy that you're in that pod in a minute. <laughs> we'll see. All right, each of these creatures is long and worm-like, probably about twenty feet long and about two and a half feet wide at its widest point. Its mouth is flanked with a pair of powerful mandibles that seem to drip with a corrosive substance and row upon row of teeth line its maw, or their maws, I suppose. Can I identify the creatures? Yeah, go ahead. With life sciences. Size? Yeah, sure. 30. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. You know, you know them by their colloquial name of death worms. And that's where we will end for today. This episode is actually really long, so we ended up splitting into two. So you'll get the thrilling conclusion next week. You can follow Die by the Dice on Twitter at Die by the Dice. Email us, diebythedice at gmail.com. And as always, please leave a review on your podcast listening method of choice. And tell a friend. We really appreciate the word of mouth. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>